We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. Alright? Alright. Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast. Part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Ribeiro, here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, you know, it's a, it's a rare podcast day in June where we actually have some news to talk about. The Rams signed a player, the Rams restructured a player, uh, the Rams had OTA news. What what a day. Uh, what a, What's today? June 14th? What a, what a day to record. How is it possible that there's more news today on June 14th than at any point during this offseason so far. <laughs> well, to be fair, the Demarcus Robinson signing, which we're going to talk about, happened like hours after our last podcast came out. When That's true. We did a whole podcast about how there was no actual news. So, you know, that really worked out for us. Uh, but the, the restructuring is big news, and I, I guess we could start there and get right into that. The Rams restructured Cooper Cup today uh wednesday june 14th they saved this this opened up 10.4 million dollars in cap space which the rams are currently at now to use this year now uh i well i definitely didn't do this but allegedly you can look at my twitter and see that i maybe didn't realize they had to do this to sign their rookies which i guess they did um but it's definitely you don't need 10.4 million to sign your rookies so it's going to be interesting what they do with this cap space and how much it actually nets out to being um it's not going to be the full 10.4 mil but these rookies are going to be pretty cheap and correct if i'm wrong i think the undrafted free agents would have already been accounted for right this is the draft picks that they need to sign if I'm not mistaken, yes. I believe it's the draft picks that they need to fully sign. Uh, and drafted free agents, I believe, have been like officially signed. So, uh, But I am not 100% certain, to be honest. I don't either. But the, the odds of this ending up not being an actual little bit of cap space to do something with are low. Now, do they... Does this move give them enough cat space to go sign DeAndre Hopkins? No. But, you know, they might be able to get get a name brand player. And we could talk about some guys in a little bit. But let's talk about first, before we look at the implications on what they can do with this money, what it's going to do to Cup's money. Now, I think it's kind of interesting that they waited until OTAs to do this because if this is a move that they needed to do to sign rookies— they could have done this at any time, and the only players that really could have made this happen were Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. 
and I imagine they had decided which player they were going to do this for a while ago. It'd be kind of bizarre if they were going back and forth for three months on which of Donald or Cup they're going to restructure. But it's Cup. Uh, this basically keeps him on the books, essentially. Um, maybe there's some more cat mumbo jumbo they can do later, but probably until 2026, where he'll be making, I believe, $29 million is the estimated salary for Cup in 24 and 25, and then $27 million in 26. This year, he'll be making $17 million with the restructure. So it's interesting because Cooper Cup is... He's coming off a season-ending injury, one that, you know, I'm not, like, I think he'll be fine, but there are people whose opinions I respect that are concerned about his injury, and so I think it's kind of interesting that they waited until, I'm assuming they could see him run around a little bit in OTAs, um, which is good. If that's the case, that's good that they're not concerned about it at this level, but what do you think, like? Is these are him and Aaron are the only two guys you could really restructure make this happen? Do you think Cup was the right player to do it for? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think with the Cooper Cup, this is a guy that ideally you want to hold on to uh, for the majority of his career, if not his entire career. Uh, you could theoretically do this with Aaron Donald as well, but. I mean, it, it probably wouldn't have as big of an effect because I think he only has one year, right, left on his contract? Uh, I will confirm that while we're talking. Yeah. Uh, so with Cooper Cup, you, you can get a little bit more creative with how you approach that. And on top of that, I think as long as uh, he's healthy, this is clearly a guy you want to hold on to. He's by far the Rams' second best player on the team at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I think this was the right move to do, and I, I ain't losing sleep over it. it. It's fine, to be honest. Do you understand void years? <laughs> uh, not entirely, no. <laughs> I, I guess he has 20, a $29 million cap number in a 2025 void year. I, If I'm not mistaken, I believe he can... No, no, actually, no, I don't think that's right. Never mind. Don't listen to me. <laughs> I don't, uh, I, I don't know what that means. We should look it up and educate our viewers on the next podcast. I'm sorry, guys. Um, so if that's the case, maybe it was really only Cooper Cup because they would have, well, you could have restructured Donald, but it would have made his cap number next year crazy because, yeah, it's only one year. Um, but, yeah, obviously both of these guys you want on your team, theoretically, as long as they're in the NFL. And I'm very bullish on Cup next year. I think a lot of people are kind of restrained about it for a number of factors, and like his injury for one. But beyond that, Stafford, what the offense is going to look like, what the team is going to look like. Hey, listen, like Stafford wasn't very good last year when he was playing – Cooper Cup looked great, and he was putting up numbers. So I'm not totally worried about it, and I don't think that's going to end up being a bad contract. It definitely could, but I think at least the like maybe by 2026 it won't be great, but I think 24, 25, I'm not sweating it. And if you had to do this, this is a totally fine player to do it with. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, I mean, the, yeah, the, other, the other way to look at this is, you know, it, it was a necessary evil, obviously, to sign the, the rookies. But at the same time, it also opens possibilities up to sign more players, which we'll get to in a second. Would you prefer that they spend this money on somebody now or hold the cap space in case they want to make a trade during the year? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking now just because as far as uh, a trade goes, it's it's going to be – it's going to be tough to do any type of trade during trade deadline that isn't like, I don't know, like, uh, I, in other words, if there is a trade that happens, I don't imagine it's going to be a high profile trade like we've been used to. I, I highly doubt that they end up going after like a Jalen Ramsey type of trade. Um, it'd be nice. It'd be kind of exciting and something to talk about, but I'd be really shocked if, uh, they make a big splash at trade deadline, maybe a few smaller trades. So I'd rather use the money on what they can get now so that they can, you know, kind of get their team situated because, you know, they're still, it's still very early in the off season. Uh, mini camps are starting. They haven't gotten into training camp yet. So if there was ever a time to add a player, it would be now rather than, you know, adding just before the start of the season. Now, Johnny, you you say this, but need I remind you that the Rams, when they were, and I need to pull up their schedule to finish my thought. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. When the Rams were three and three, they tried to trade all of their draft picks at separate times for Brian Burns and Christian McCaffrey last year. So I will never rule it out. Now, usually I feel like unless it's a huge name like that, that's really good, it's still in their prime. If you're making a splash at the trade line, a lot of the time the team picks up a lot of the cash that is trading the player. So, A, I want them to spend this money for two reasons. A, that, and B, I don't want them to have the ability to trade three first-round picks for a player in the middle of the season. Like, I just think it's a bad move. Uh, like, who, who's going to come up mid-season that makes sense to mortgage the farm for? And I, I don't think, like, we would need so many things to go right to where we get to the point that trading for somebody would make us a contender, right? Like, I think... I think there's a chance that a lot of things go right and this team is good and competitive, but to like get to the point where you're a player away from being a championship contender with this roster, like so many guys that are completely unproven would have to just like blow up this year for that to happen. And so like, I think it'd be kind of silly to hold your money for that. And especially when like, even if we're sitting here saying like, all this stuff like well they should if like the counterpoint to that is they shouldn't blow their money on a vet when they don't think when like i don't think they're going to be able to compete for a championship this year i don't because it's not that much money you're probably only getting like a one-year rental on one of these guys or you're getting them uh probably on cheaper money in the long term and so like 
we've talked about the edge rushers, a secondary. It's not going to hurt you to bring in a guy at these positions. And you're not going to stun anyone's growth by taking their playing time away because there's so much playing time almost everywhere to go around that I don't, I can't really see a position where I wouldn't want to sign somebody because they need to get the young guys, give the young guys a chance, right? Like, I genuinely think there's no position on the roster besides quarterback today that I would use that argument for. I guess maybe tight end, but, like, nobody's out there at tight end. I mean, it, it it's like you said, Steve. I If this team is, is a contender and you can foresee the Rams really challenging not only to win the NFC West, but to, um, but to quite possibly contend for a Super Bowl and you're a few players short, kind of like how they did when they actually won the Super Bowl, then yes, that's when you do those types of trades. The Rams are far from that. They'd need like 20 trades in order for that to happen. Well, okay, maybe not that much, but you get the point. You, you, there's, there's no trade that they can possibly get that's actually realistic that can actually put the Rams in the driver's seat to a contendership uh, by adding a certain player. Uh, No way. There's no way. And considering this is a rebuilding team, no matter what Les Snead wants to call it, um, there's no – you're going to basically be selling the farm and having a mediocre team in the process. The Rams at this point need to get young blood in there and they need to, um, you know, start start from scratch essentially. And yeah, they do have a couple of core players, but uh, it, it is a it is a rebuild. But don't let any sort of terminology tell you elsewhere. Well, I I don't mind the less need like retooling terminology because like when if, if you are trying to win the Super Bowl in 2023, you are not going to trade Jalen Ramsey. Like there, there's, there's literally no argument for that case because it's not like we, we save cap space this year on that move. We're paying him $20 million this year. So it, it, there, there's no case to be made that they're making moves to win the championship this year, right? And I think like to not spend this money because you think that there might be a move later to win the championship, it's like, okay, then why would you make this Jalen Ramsey move? Because we probably could have done all this other stuff if that move never happens. And so, yeah, no, I think that would be immensely silly. And I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think they'll they'll spend this money on somebody. And it's like, listen, like we have some players at cornerback that have potential. But if the Rams were to sign a good cornerback today, then they would have one good cornerback on the roster. You know what I mean? Like there's same thing with edge rusher. There are guys we like. We have no idea if a single cornerback or edge rusher on the roster is going to be a good NFL player. I feel pretty good about some of them, but like we have no, there's, there's no proof. And so, yeah, I would, I would, I hope that this money goes to a vet specifically at one of those two positions. Uh, what about you? Like if, if they're spending this money, is there a position that you'd want them to look into? Oh, there's no question. There's no, it's a no brainer. It has to be cornerback. Uh, because I, you look at this this core, who do you really have now that Jalen Ramsey's gone? You you have a very young cornerback core that is unproven, and your best guy is Kobe Durant, which we have high hopes for the guy, but, uh, I mean, this guy didn't even exactly have, like, a stellar rookie season, not, not to the point where you can confidently say – that without a doubt, this guy is your your true number one, uh, you know, starting cornerback, and that's that's the issue here. You know, uh, I have no issues with Kobe Durant, and I, in fact, I, I think uh, this is a guy that could be a great uh, a good starter for the Rams in the future. But in twenty twenty three, I don't think that's the case. And he's so, probably yeah, starting no matter what they do with this money. That's like, who true. else is going to play? Fair enough there. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of the thing. So um, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't oppose the idea of going after an edge rusher, though. 
I don't think with the money that the Rams have uh, that they can really add anyone that would really change anything uh, with what they currently have because I, I don't think they have enough money uh, still to sign, like, you know, the top edge rushers that are left, not that there's many. Um, and then there's safeties, which you can make an argument there as well. Uh, you know, it depends on how you feel about a guy like Jordan Fuller, who was essentially demoted last year. And, yeah, uh, there, there are plenty of holes to fill, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, yeah, I, I say spend that money as best as you possibly can. Well, it's like, even if, even if you're a Jordan Fuller believer, for people listening to this podcast, I'm going to give you a second here. Name the player who's going to start alongside Jordan Fuller this year. All right. Now, either you're trying to remember a second safety's name on the Rams, or you've thought of somebody, and then look me in the eye, and by eye, I mean whatever device you're listening to this podcast on, or just look at the road if you're driving. And tell me that you actually believe that player is going to be a productive starter this year. Because there's nobody you can say that for. You know, there are guys that you like some things with um, and you can be optimistic about. But to say, like, if they could go get our guy John Johnson with this money, who I think is, you know, there are players out there. Uh, and, I mean, we could talk about some of them that, like, even like you mentioned, Ed Rusher, like, Melvin Ingram's available. I don't really know why he'd come here this year on a one-year deal, unless there's nothing else out there. A guy like John Johnson probably would come here on a one-year deal, and maybe there's potential for a long-term reunion, because even with all these safeties on the roster, I'm sure somebody could break out. I'm not really confident that anyone on the roster is going to be a long-term starter at safety. And I don't know how you feel about that, besides Fuller. And even even Fuller, you know, uh, injuries last year plagued him, but there are things to be concerned about there, too. Absolutely. And, and I will say that there are a couple of young guys on this team that, you know, they're going to be given the opportunity, so they won't have a choice but to, to, to start. But at, at the same time, I feel like there are guys that have potential. Like, I do think, you know, Rush East and Quentin Lake are, are guys to keep an eye out for. But, again, can I sit there and look Steve in the eye or in the – in the chat that we're recording this message on. Um, can I sit there and seriously tell him this guy is going to be a great starter? I can't, I can't say that. Uh, potentially, you know, it, it could happen. Stranger things have happened. I, I, but at the same time, I, I can't sit there and say that definitively these guys are going to really come out and, and play an excellent year at safety for us. I, I, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I I think John Johnson out of like the players the Rams could realistically get with this money, he'd be he'd be my choice. Just because I don't know, like, well, <laughs> give give me let's say just like, it, let's say the Rams are signing somebody for sure. Na- if if you, if you, I don't know if you have it on the top of your but name who you actually think they will sign with this money. Troy Hill. Yeah, damn it. That's what I was going to say. I think there's like an 80% chance that's where this money goes. And, and truthfully, that's who I'm hoping for, too. Even though I feel like John Johnson would be the better player and probably the better fit uh, for what what the Rams need, it's just the desperation the Rams have at cornerback. Uh, there is zero depth here. Let's put things into perspective. Right now, your starters are um our Kobe Durant, our um you know Travius uh, Hodges Tomlinson and uh Robert Rochelle. Those are your starters. Well that that says a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, no. You I I would be you know, I wouldn't be like excited if the Rams signed Troy Hill. But I would be perfectly okay with it. But, Johnny, I'm going to name you some other names of players that are out there. Uh, did you know that Marcus Peters is not on a team right now? Is he healthy? <laughs> I also, like, I would love for Marcus Peters to be the guy, the vet that comes in and mentors these young guys. I don't think the Rams want that. And I genuinely don't think Marcus Peters would want that either. 
No, I still think there's hard feelings. There. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he'd come back. Um, as sad as it makes me, there's also other guys out there. And correct me if anyone, any of these guys have been signed yet. I don't think they have. Byron Jones, William Jackson, Bradley Roby, Ronald Darby, Casey Hayward, Anthony Brown, Anthony Everett, Eli Apple, oh, <laughs> Kyle geez. Fuller, uh, a bunch of other guys on that list. So yeah, like. I think they'll probably just go with the familiarity, Trey Hill. You know, there's not like, like hype that like this is not what would happen. But like, if there was a current equivalent to Julio Jones available at cornerback, and I mean like 2023 Julio Jones, not like Julio Jones, Julio Jones. I think that'd be somebody they chase. Like, I, I guess Casey Hayward would probably be the closest equivalent, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think they'll probably stick with the familiarity and go with Trey Hill. Yeah, I mean, it. My dream case scenario is that there's that Les Need somehow works his magic, and he can, you know, get both Troy Hill and John Johnson back. But I don't think there's enough money. I, I think it depends on how much John Johnson commands, because how much is Troy Hill commanding right now? I feel like we could get him back for for three mil, like maybe even less. Because it's not like, you know, some of these guys, Marcus Peters could potentially be included in the group, like might be sitting out there waiting for money and like an obvious name that could come up when you have cap space right now, based on the last couple days is Dalvin Cook, who I no, I don't think the Rams would pursue. Uh, although, he's a guy I actually think would come. But think about coming here, even though we're not going to be competitive. Um, but he he's going to command a price. You know, he a just got cut, and b doesn't need to be in a rush because either a running back needy team is going to pay him, or somebody's going to get hurt, and then that team's going to pay him. You know what I mean? Like, who's paying Troy Hill? And we just named all those guys. Like, I don't think he's notably better than any of those guys on that list. I mean, maybe you like Apple, I guess. But, like, even then, not really. So, I don't think he'd cost much money. John Johnson, I don't know how much he'd cost. I don't know how his market value changed. But I think he'd be, like, in the mid-range of seven figures. Like, six, seven, maybe. Maybe five. Yeah, I I can I can imagine that, especially because John Johnson's market isn't doesn't appear to be you know all that strong right now. So it, it's it'll be interesting to see, you know, just what the Rams could you know persuade him to do if if they're actually interested in signing him. Uh, but for me, even though I love John Johnson and I love to see him back in a Rams uniform, I still think Troy Hill is the priority. Yeah. I think Johnson would come back here, right? I don't think there was any. I mean, he left for a bag. He didn't, like, he didn't leave, really. Like, I mean, it, there could have been bad feelings. He's probably mad the Rams didn't give him that money. But I don't I don't think there's any animosity there. No, I, I don't think it's like the Marcus Peters situation. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if the Rams wanted John Johnson back and, you know, felt like they can just, you know, uh, work out an agreement between each other. I, I think that he'd come back. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to see if I could pull up the list of edge rushers still available here and talk through those guys a little bit. Um, well, you did mention Ingram. Um, I, I think that, you know, this is a guy that could for surely be an option. If the Rams are, you know, looking into the market for an edge rusher, we have, I mean, if you look at the edge rushing core that the Rams have, it's very young, very inexperienced. So to add a veteran wouldn't be the end of the world, especially one that has an experience like Ingram. Um, uh, another guy that comes to mind is like a Justin Houston, I believe, is still available. Yep. Um, How about a yeah, Robert I, Quinn? I, I would love to see a Robert Quinn reunion. I Yeah, it's... Like, Ingram, I, I could see, like, 
just get in an offer to live in LA and mentor some young guys. I don't think he'd be against that. He he won a ring with did he run a ring? Uh I don't think so. Now he, I think about it. He's played for I know he was on the Chiefs, but I don't know if he won with them. He did not. So like I don't know if guys like him or like Robert Quinn would like consider coming here. Like I, I feel like the the clowny ship has sailed. I don't know. Justin Houston too. I feel like that could be possible. I I wouldn't mind Justin Houston on the team. Yeah, he's you know, he's another guy who hasn't won a ring, but a guy I could see being okay with living in LA. And I think too, like I don't know if players view it like this, but the the Rams are in a position to bounce back quickly. And I mean, if you're in the door on a decent deal, they might keep you around. I think I think Houston though is still productive enough that he'll be in a similar situation to what I just laid out for Dalvin Cook. Like somebody will pay him a little bit of money, and probably the same with Robert Quinn. I don't think Melvin Ingram is. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if he's still that caliber. Maybe not, but uh, again, I, I, it really just depends on how the Rams prioritize uh, the positions at the moment. Um, really, it's. It, I feel like at this point, there is no right or wrong answer necessarily. I, I think there's just so many holes that um, no matter what the Rams, no matter who the Rams sign, you know. There's going to be one position that's going to be exposed to being either too inexperienced or just flat out not good at all. So um, whether they want to address edge rusher, cornerback, safety, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have an issue with what they ended up going with unless it's a guy completely out of left field and just <laughs> just like, what the hell are they thinking? Yeah, there are definitely wrong answers, Johnny. Like, what if a news article comes out that they signed Carson Wentz for a $6 million deal? Then I'm going to say, fuck less need. We need to get out of here. <laughs> no, I I mean, I I would hope that it didn't come to that. It's not but, uh Not after know, the, the Bennett pick. No, no, I the uh, I mean there are other possibilities out there. Sure, um, if anything, I feel like if the Rams made the wrong pick, it would be you know um, going out there and uh, and signing you know Dalvin Cook, which I would kind of love because that's kind of an uh, an exciting guy to have on the team, but completely unnecessary. Yeah, and I'm. I, I'm not anti it, but I'm definitely not going to advocate for it. No, no. I, I mean, I like Dalvin Cook. I do. I, I think this is a guy that is going to be a very good running back for whatever team signs them. But I, it just wouldn't make a lot of sense. The Rams don't improve much if they sign Dalvin Cook. If we're being honest, well, they don't improve much if they sign any of these guys, Johnny. That's that's the thing. Like, I guess. I guess the cornerback room would improve a lot, but, um, you know, I, I think they might be a better team if they sign Dalvin Cook versus if they sign Troy Hill. Because even, like, Troy Hill is going to make your cornerback room better. I don't know how much your defense actually improves if he's there because he's still not that good anymore. Uh, whereas Dalvin Cook on his best day, if you add him to the mix and if your line is good and Stafford's good, that could be one of the better offenses in the NFL. Whereas I don't think any of these players on the market give you a path to being one of the better defenses in the NFL. You know, if they find a way to trade not too much and go get like Chase Young, which is a, a very long shot, but now that you've opened up some space, you could have that conversation. Um, and maybe we have that conversation another day. But, you know, I just... The, the best player on the market that the Rams could actually get right now is probably Dalvin Cook. Even though I don't know, well, like an $8 million deal, I feel like he would think about it. I, you know, I, I definitely think that he's certainly more attainable than someone like DeAndre Hopkins. But um, in the end, I think there's going to be a team out there that is going to, that's going to invest in him. And, uh, you know, 
no, I, I feel like there's not a team out there that isn't considering it, you know? So, um, <laughs> I, I would, I would love to have Dalvin cook, but it just, I just look at, at the defense and I'm like, man, this is, this is going to be a very long season with this defense. Yeah. I, I, I would be shocked too, if he doesn't go to Miami, I feel like it makes too much sense. I don't know what else really like makes that crystal clear sense. Like, I, I mean, he could go to Dallas, but... That's I, what I was thinking also. Yeah, but I think Miami is like, they have the money for it, and they don't have the guys in the building to detract you from doing that. Not that Dallas does either, but they're paying Tony Pollard a franchise player salary this year. And so to bring in another back at what would probably be not that far off from that salary, I think would be silly. Or d- d- Miami didn't sign anybody, right? They... They have Moster. They added uh, the guy in the draft whose name I can't remember. <laughs> they they have like a clusterfuck of running backs, is what they have. Um. But they're they're kind of like well, I, not that we have a clusterfuck, but they're like us, where like they will be okay going into the season with their running backs. But they definitely they they have Moster, Jeff Wilson, and uh, Devin Akane is the guy I was thinking of. So like you're you're gonna be okay with that core if you don't add anybody, but that shouldn't stop you from trying to sign Dalvin Cook. So what if the Rams go? What if the Rams, you know, go completely off base here and they go after Ezekiel Elliott? How do you feel? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be against it. You know, I would, like, I don't think it would be the best move. Clearly. It would be the worst move. <laughs> Did you say it'd be the worst move? Yes. Yeah, I think it would just be silly. Like, I don't think the upside is there to really justify that signing, especially if it's, like, a decent chunk of change. At that point, you're. Um, I would think that Les Snead is just so infatuated with big names that he just said, oh, Zeke's on the market. Let's sign him now that we have a little cash. Well, like, let's say they get Troy Hill on a cheap deal, and then they're able to get Zeke on a not-that-expensive deal either. I'd be if, okay with I mean, that. If they sign the guy for a vet minimum, then no, I'm not upset. But he's not going to sign for a vet minimum. Well, because it's a crowded market, too. Like, Dalvin's now the top dog out there. You still got Fournette out there. You still got Kareem Hunt out there, and you still got Zeke out there. I don't think all four of those guys can wait out until an injury happens. Because what are the odds that? Well, I guess it's running backs are pretty high, but I was like, what are the odds that four big running back injuries happen? I think I would rather take my my chances with Leonard Fournette, to be honest, uh, than Zeke. Yep. Yeah, I agree 100%. But I think he would cost more money. For sure. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I can't believe no one signed Hunt. I wonder what he's asking for. I, that, I would love to me. get Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, I at the right price, I would take any of those guys. And I think, like, even if you're a big Acres believer, he's also in a contract year. I don't know. Um, Is anyone really a big Acres believer? <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to the guy because I, I know he's flashed some potential here and there, but I feel like he has a big uphill battle again, uh, ahead of him. And part of it is because he didn't really want to play for the team last year. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, it's probably going to be Troy Hill. Let's talk about an actual signing the Rams didn't make. They signed Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver, adding another receiver to the mix after they signed Tyler Johnson recently. Uh, wow. What a outrageous brain fart for me just now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Robinson's entering his eighth year, so while I think Johnson's more of a low-floor, high-ceiling type guy, Robinson at this point in his career feels like a high floor, low ceiling guy. Uh, he's played in he's played for Kansas City for six years. No, not great, but not not too bad. 
had some moments in Baltimore last year. He had on the year 45 catches for 425 yards and two touchdowns. There was a lot of injuries. He was kind of their number one guy at a lot of points in the season. At his best game, he had a nine reception on nine target game for 128 yards against the Panthers. That's the Panthers, but still, uh, that's impressive for a guy that was on the market until June, and I'm guessing got a, a no-money contract. Is, is his number out there? I don't think so, right? Uh, what was that? Uh, is is the number they signed to Marcus Robinson out for any out there anywhere? I don't believe so. Uh, I don't think that was ever revealed. Over the I cap has it at at a million. I don't know if that's true or not, but that that seems right. Because um, this is not a guy who's going to command a big amount of money right now. He did have five nope. games last year with over five catches. So I think I was really happy when I saw this. Um, we said a lot about Tyler Johnson and how he could, you know, has potential to be a player because he's shown flash and square. But with Robinson, you know, if they walk onto the field opening day and Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Demarcus Robinson are your three guys, I feel better than what the alternative would have been if he wasn't on the team. I don't know how you feel about it. I think it's not risky because if, you know, if Ben Skoranek makes some leaps or if Tutu Atwell, if the camp hype around this dude is genuinely real or if Puka Nakua also has a lot of hype, if those guys end up being players, you just don't play to Marcus Robinson. But this gives you more of a path to having three actual NFL receivers in the field. And while we talk, you know, we criticize Van Jefferson at times, I don't think he's a legitimate NFL wide receiver too. He's definitely a legitimate NFL receiver, and now you're trotting out three actual NFL receivers onto the field. Uh, and maybe that—I I don't mean to disrespect Skoranek like that. I do—I think he's a valuable part of the team, but I don't think he's proven that as an every-down receiver yet, more of a Swiss Army knife type guy. So I was happy about this. Uh, so with the— with Robinson, I, I think the addition of him isn't a terrible thing. I don't know if it's a, a significant thing either. Yeah, he might not because... even make the team. All that said, he definitely might not make the team. And I think that's yeah, okay, too. I, I think this is a similar addition to what they had with Tyler Johnson. Uh, just maybe he's slightly better. Um, it, it could come down to the fact that the Rams receiving core – it just isn't strong enough, so Robinson is a welcomed addition. But either way, um, having another veteran on the squad isn't a terrible thing, especially if he's only, you know, getting paid a million. Um, that's that's not really all that much, all things considered. Um, so yeah, I, I welcome the addition. Um, I, I don't know how much expectations I have for the guy, but uh, you know. I, I'm not sold on Van Jefferson being the number two guy. I think it's much too early to really expect much of anything from Puka Nakua. And Tutu Atwell is a slot receiver that still needs to prove himself. So beyond that is basically guys that either have little to no experience or is a gadget player like Ben Skoranek. So, yeah, I, I think there is no issue with signing Robinson. It is, you know, it's it's going to be interesting what receivers they carry into the year because, like, you look at the roster. Obviously, Cup, Jefferson are locks. Um, I think Skoranek is a lock. I am not going to sit here and Puka Nakua is a lock. I'm not going to sit here and say Tutu Atwell is a lock. I think he's very likely to make the team. Do you think he's a lock? Like, I don't think he's a 100% lock. Uh, Puka Nakua? No, no, Tutu. Uh, Tutu? I would say like 95% is going to be on the roster. I Yeah, I would say so too. I wouldn't say there isn't a universe where uh, Tutu isn't on the roster starting week one. But at the same time, I, 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 it would be probably less likely that he, he isn't on the team. Um, I, I think that Tutu is is uh, gonna try. They're gonna try and find a role for him. 
uh, one way or another, and hopefully kind of takes that, um, you know, the slot receiver role, of course, but maybe they open up his role more than just run down the field and hope uh, hope that uh, Stafford has enough time to throw him the football. You know, hopefully he kind of takes that approach where he can actually catch more short-range passes um, and, you know, stretch the field um, uh, in that regard. But, I, you know, yeah, I, I think he's going to be on the team overall. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if he wasn't. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, but I'd still be really surprised. Who? So those are that's five names right there. Who do you think, if anyone – if they're going to keep six guys, would be the guy to make the team between Robinson, Tyler Johnson, and I guess the other candidate here would be Lance McCutcheon. I think it would be Robinson. I think he. this is a guy that seems to be a reliable player. Um, you know, when push comes to shove, maybe he isn't the most talented guy out there, but he's someone that a, a team can rely on, and that's more than what you could say about Johnson or, or McCutcheon at this point. I realize McCutcheon's super young, but last season he had opportunities to, you know, kind of separate himself in the pack, and he really didn't, uh, you know, when he was healthy anyway. And as far as Tyler Johnson goes, he, other than that one season with the Bucks, he hasn't really proved himself otherwise either. So I think Robinson would be the most logical choice here. Yeah, and Johnson's, you know, he's had injuries. I, I I think it would be Robinson as well. I wonder, like, what happens if McCutcheon lights it up again, like where they go. Because it's, you know, I don't think they'd keep seven guys, especially if, um, was it, was Xavier Smith the guy? Yeah, from A&M, that seems like he has return man potential. I don't think he'd factor into the, how many guys are going to keep on the team, but like, I don't, I, if he's a seventh guy, sure. But like, I don't think they'd keep seven just receivers on the team. So yeah, that's the addition of Johnson and Robinson make it a interesting camp battle. For sure. And and I think that's partially why uh, Sean McVay and Les Snead kind of went this route is to, um, to really, you know, get the best type of battle and, and best uh, type of talent for this roster, uh, at least as much as they possibly can. You could still put vets in the practice squad, right? They didn't take away that rule? Uh, I think so, but I think there might be limitations to that. Yeah, because Johnson would seem like a practice squad candidate if he doesn't make it i don't know i i wonder if if the cutchin gets cut if someone would pick him up Kaderil mm-hmm. hodge is still playing on active rosters so i think he was the number two receiver in atlanta at some point last year <laughs> yep another preseason warrior we i had other topics in the list but it's a long off season and we're at 45 minutes johnny is there anything you thought we should definitely talk about today or you want to do a camp wrap up next week? Let, let's do the wrap up next week, just because <laughs> it's a long off season still. So yeah, I, I'm all I'm all for uh, saving uh, time, and uh, I I actually enjoyed having news to talk about. I this was great, you know, this was great. I loved it. Um, last final hypothetical for you: if the if Washington called told the Rams they'd have to give the second and fourth round pick and they could have Chase Young. Would you do it? Whew, that That's very tempting. Because I, I like Chase Young, but his injury history scares me. I would make a counter offer for just the second round pick, and that's it. Um maybe a fifth rounder if they absolutely have to have another draft pick. Uh, but yeah, I, it, it is a, it's a tough question, but I think it would be very tempting because Chase Young is still, well, young. And uh, I think he's talented. It's just the injury history scares me a little bit. Yeah. I really wonder what the market trade wise is going to be for him. If he gets traded because he's, He's on a one-year deal. He's got an injury history, but he's also 
Young was a monster his rookie year. We're not that far away from it. Uh, I mean, this guy was the second overall pick for, for good reason in a year where a quarterback went one. So uh, I don't think the Bengals are regretting that decision taking a quarterback, but you know, Young was the top overall prospect, I, I believe, by by most metrics. So, yeah. Do you think it works out for him, or do you think he's Clowney 2.0? Which is not necessarily saying Clowney's career didn't work out, but was certainly underwhelming. I think he'll bounce back. Um, I don't know if he's going to be that phenom that we were all assuming he was going to be, Uh but I, I think that he might have a slightly better uh, career than Clowney did, which, as you said, isn't a horrendous career or anything. It just wasn't the uh, you know big career that we were expecting for him. Yeah, yeah. And Clowney's had you know three-time Pro Bowler. He's had some success. We've been talking about signing him for the last like four years. And he's a free agent, Johnny. So, you know... Maybe it finally happens with the little bit of cap space we've cleared up. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, follow us on Twitter at Cerebero, at Talk Rams, at Johnny Five Not Six. Uh, be on the lookout for Derek's rumored return to the pod, which he has told us is coming soon. And we will talk to you guys soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.